This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. So this is Robin, and this is Raw, and this is part of an ongoing series of interviews about the transgender experience. You've been warned. I'm the youngest of seven. Okay. <laughs> Big family from back east. Yeah. My Did mom you... was looking for a tall, dark, and handsome, and she settled for dark and handsome. <laughs> yeah. And, and back then, you know, uh, it was push in 1942, and... They, they put it to work putting, uh, I think it was bushings on steering columns of this new thing called an army jeep, if I'm not mistaken. Huh. So there she is. She's Ro- Rosie the Riveter, although she didn't play cello, whatever. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Where, did you grow up religious? Um, my father was getting involved in politics. And huh. so hmm. in Bellport, New York, he was making the rounds. Uh, Catholic community. We we would go to like Catholic church, that kind of thing. Yeah, that was what was happening there. Okay. But um, by the time I was five years of age, um, my family began to react to the the sexual revolution, if you will, and my mom began to see someone else other than my 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 birth father or sperm donor and uh really you know fireworks started happening from time to time after that point we did a lot of moving around because of that and i traveled the country over and over again Hmm. my father wanted to move out to california we finally got to do that in the late 70s uh but for pretty much uh Hmm. a whole decade we were we were back and forth and back and forth. It was just hmm. monotonous. Hmm. <laughs> so this kind of kind of explains some of my background. Is that um, I was always a square peg. So then when, when we land here, I'm speaking in aphor- aphorisms and and there's there's sloganisms that that have a lot to do with you know East Coast currency, if you will. A lot of it is just I don't know. I, I never hung out with my own age group. For, first of all. And it was the late 70s in, in, in California, and um, I did not fit in at all. Hmm. So just be a shut-in and started playing guitar and kind of stuff. My whole family's musical. I, I discovered, wow, I can music too. That was fun. <laughs> and got involved in the goth band thing yeah yeah. (laughs) you know (laughs) and because i'm such a perfectionist i i i I create hurdles for myself will you wear six inch heels and play fretless bass yes i will and i will will do it in like sort of like a an anti-commercial music genre you know so i i imagine myself as at least trying to figure out how to stay original right and and then and and make that occur so that kind of was one of the subtexts of my character so i 
got involved in the OTO. What is OTO? At, at that, you, what you is OTO? To... Ordo Templi Orientis. I remember you oh. you mentioned. Uh, All right, we're talking Crowley. All right. Yeah, we're talking Crowley is how you pronounce it. If oh, you really? Ask a thelemite. Yeah, there's that. <laughs> I've only <laughs> ever read days. him. I I kind of thought I had something to something to to offer in that way. Hmm. If anything, I came in handy as. As, as as something to point to as you know a uh, hmm. a, a, a progression or evidence of they are attracting something in society that is progressing along and hmm. you know I'm like like a virtue chip if you will circa 2002 or whatever I guess that that gets me to you know transition I still basically started transition in 1997 and what I started doing maybe I should just start this over again is I began to run down to Tijuana and pick up Premarin pack 1.25 milligrams Mm -hmm. you you can google this I'm, I'm sure google images would show you some discontinued product from Premarin pack and uh, I, they, I think they discontinued that product somewhere around 2003 or 2004, because God only knows I had to go elsewhere to fucking hmm. acquire it for myself until I ran into a doctor who would give me um, subdermal bioidenticals. And, that, and I started that regimen back in 2006, I believe. Around that time, uh, because I had bad credit, because I was too wild child and just just being, you know, post-punk wild club kid, even though a little too too old to to actually claim to be one, I was just I could I could hide. And the reason why I could hide is because the male aging process seems to slow down a little bit. You don't give off the the, the male cues of aging while you arrest that development by confusing the hormones is hmm. my explanation. Or maybe it's just because I'm not necessarily white and old people who are white look older than hmm. <laughs> non-white. So there you go. Mm-hmm. I, I could blend in. What transition? What prompted that? I, I saw someone who was a friend of mine and they grew... They were involved in like cross dressing and 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 things like that, and they were they had their own casting agency in in Hollywood, and this person grew a bust line, and I was so impressed. I wanted to gr- grow a bust line too. So it was purely. Uh, yeah, it was bod mod at first. Huh. Just so to. I, I, I wanted that bod mod as well. And he's, okay. he's, I don't, you know, I don't care. Here, this is how you do it. Boom, boom, boom. And so then I did it, and I loved it. Huh. I loved the way it felt, all, all the above. So it wasn't necessarily like a gender dysphoria then. Was I ever diagnosed? Or, I mean, did you? Can you diagnose yourself like of not liking the male figure, or did you just like the other figure? That's a good question. I especially didn't like the male figure, and I didn't want to get old like a male, and that was factored in. Okay. So what did I want? I wanted 
not to look like a log, a log. It's big, it's heavy, it's wood. Yeah. Um, and also, I, I, um, I, I especially like that, that, that this person I knew had grew busts, and they were noticeable, and it was awesome. Huh. Hey, so um, by the following year and a half, I had grown a pair of myself. Yeah. Did and you... waste, uh, or should I say, uh, weight distribution began to become slightly more evident, and it was huge for, for me. Um, and so the following is what I did. I lived like a female-to-male transgender. I would tape down the busts and, and, and go to work. And I'm a workaholic because I'm a perfectionist. So hmm. even, even when I would go to um, do my face, which is sit in front of the mirror, and and remove nubs by by ones twos and threes with a with with a an expensive tweezer in front of a mirror for what takes four to six hours to to just get rid of you know where the where the shadow would be most noticeable and just pull it out by hands and then you know, you'd wind up going to work and your face looks especially clear. You you can take little cigarette ashes because I was heavy fucking smoker and just kind of like mix that into your to your base and work it into the, the the pores and then just wipe it clear and kind of kind of looks like a little bit of a shadow if you need it. And if you didn't care, you didn't have to. And so I figured, you know, like the the slow raising temperature of the frog in the laboratory with with my long-term employment at this one dental laboratory that I was working for. I let him in on, on what was going on with me and he was all right with it. So, and I never made it a problem. In fact, I think my attitude was you make acceptance by being the best representation of, of you know, at least what you're about. Cause as an individual, you want, to stay at work, you not want to go homeless. You you want to be able to afford the, these expensive hormone treatments that you're paying out of your pocket with, and it has to be that way. Then, when I started going into meetings and things for transgender, um, I took that. You know, that's what I came to the table with: was be the best representation of yourself. Hmm. So, back in like say, 2006, 2007. When, when I'm in Long Beach, California, and I'm going to a transgender meeting, I'm seeing a lot of female to males. Mm -hmm. And intersex meetings were, 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 were sort of like they had a crossover with. And so you would, you would see a lot of female to males, and then intersex people who were interested in differentiating themselves from people saying that they ought to have their gender corrected through uh, sex reassignment. And that was the polemics of the time. Those polemics were very, say, Xer to actual millennial. Not what, I mean, everyone calls millennials. Actually, a lot of times we're just talking about Generation Z on Tumblr, yeah, if yeah, you know yeah, what I'm yeah. saying, yeah. because folks, I, I don't know how old you are. I think you're in your 30s. I'm in my 40s. 
You're in your 40s. It's all those Amazing. hormones you take, you know. Yeah, baby, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> um, but you, so from what I'm yeah. getting from you, like your transition wasn't, it wasn't first? political. It wasn't political. It didn't, I mean, just from the yeah, this huh. way of what you're t- talking about, it wasn't political. Yeah, it, was, it was just charged. me being a, being a it, square peg. It wasn't necessarily, <laughs> it wasn't necessarily psychological. It seemed like you just wanted to manifest your destiny rather than correct something that you felt wrong with you. Like, that's what I'm getting. Is that correct? I, I wanted to complete transition when I began to crave uh, having what, what is called in, in, I guess, the parlance nowadays, a front hole. And um, I, I wanted that. For? Because I did not, I, this, I would, I would either say is the result of being on hormones for uh, about 11 years, is that you would want to keep going at least I did. And I did. I kept going. I arranged for a doctor in Bangkok. Oh. And because it was so expensive, I had bad credit. I lived out of my car for like two years, saving up all the money. I work late hours and just park somewhere where I'd not be discovered and and very minimally not spend money i wouldn't i wouldn't spend money i would just save it all up and then you know i i had my passport i acquired my letter through someone i knew in the oto and they would give it to me because that was that was they were excited that i was their enthusiasm about me making that to the next step meant for them we're going to have a you know a fully transitioned priestess, and so Kuching, she's just very, very excited about getting me that letter that she was qualified to write to me. And so then, I get the other letter from my oncologist, who himself he he was like, I don't I don't judge anyone when you when you come to me and you ask me for hormones circa 2006, I I I issue them to you because that's what's up. Mm-hmm. By the way. Little note on on your discussion with Karina. How far back does it go where people are having access to to hormones? I became aware of a of of female to male transgenders being transported from Riverside County, California, into Los Angeles so that they can acquire testosterone and other androgen helpers. I'm not sure how that works. Uh, and that pipeline was established for folks in their late teens in high school. All under... And they were underage. Yeah. They were underage, and it was kind of under the counter. And, you know, there was a there was a, a hush-hush LGBT hmm. pipeline that, that encouraged that. Mm-hmm. I grew to understand that because I used to cut a, a female-to-male's hair from time to time before she got arraigned on charges <laughs> because hmm. of domestic violence. It turns out when you put all the testosterone in, in someone like that, huh? some, some 
personality types, they grow very aggressive and they wind up, you know, kicking holes in walls and, and the cops come. Yeah. And you just, you, you look like a, a little vato and they haul so, you off. So yeah. you, th- you think it's, <laughs> it's much better that it's uh, more accepted then by the medical establishment where people don't have to go, th- go behind, you know, go behind the law and get transported around and it's not just this dark black market. Um, it, it will be better as soon as we, we get over the, pol- the, the politicization, because um, right now, even if you had raw data that was that that reflected some negative results, you wouldn't find those negative results being demuted and referring to them makes you someone whom you ought to lose your job over and all this kind of nonsense. Like, you know, so when we talk about the politicized mob rule that underwrites what's going on now in the medical community that needs to be sorted out so some things are in place now all we need is Hmm. the unsustainability of politicizing a a medical issue to finally find its kelter yeah does that happen under the the deluge of of detransitioning uh, not a girl damsels from from fucking Tumblr. Yeah, I would I would I would imagine so. And I'm not surprised hmm. that the lion's share of transgender are female to male because I've always suspected that those are amongst the the, the highest rates of successful transitions are people who go from unaltered, if you will, to being on powerful pharmaceuticals, which give them a male hairline, facial hair, a lower voice, and then what? I mean, this that's your barista at Starbucks. Mm-hmm. That's the fella who, who sells you your automobile. That's the guy teaching you how to work out. They, that's Those mm-hmm. are the, the folks who have successfully transitioned they they look just like a feller. Yeah. And, you know, after they get their top surgery and everything heals up, you'll find that they, they explore male homosexuality. That is to say, there are gay men who are having sex with the front hole. Yeah. And some of them have a significant and remain in, in relationships like that. I know two couples who are like that. When I was post-op, you're so close and yet so far that I grew extraordinarily att- uh, attracted to what you could call the opposite sex. Okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> extraordinarily attracted to the same sex, if you want to, want to put it that way. Yeah, I don't know what those okay, mean. Okay. Right. You became more and more attracted to women. When I was post-op, yeah. yes. I, I, did, I had a season there where I was very obsessed with that ass. Um, <laughs> But I, but I had no equipment to express myself in that way because post-op. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and so that's, that's strange. Do you understand what that was about? Um, you want what you cannot have. You want, think you that want that's, what you want to be. You want what you want to be. At the same time, you want what you cannot have all at once. Okay. Huh. Is that sound schizophrenic? Does that sound like mentally of, ill? It sounds a lot. Of, it sounds very stressful. Uh, 
it's it's a lot of signals at once yeah yeah that's that's what's going on and how why, did you, why confuse the matter how did you, you know? work through that how did you find balance and harmony you have no choice but but to move along mm. i mean it's not as if you can just reach out and grab gals i mean come on hmm. um i i passed quite well especially you know in 2010 perhaps more so better than i can now it's what i'm already in my 50s god damn it hmm. um and so i had gone to lesbian bars and you know, I I did wind up hooking up, but um, a majority of the gals that I, I hooked up with, if you will, were tops. And so they, they wanted to do things to me, if you will. Most of them wanted no, 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 no answer back in terms of touching or anything like that, in fact. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's another thing that that I I discovered is that there's an orientation where please don't touch me I I do all, everything yeah you know, I'll do me later fuck it just you know just lay down this kind of thing also uh, I I dated some uh, male uh, I'm sorry female to males who uh, they they were perhaps. A little too rough, if you will. <laughs> it's just it's kind of like, you know, dude, <laughs> quit biting, okay? <laughs> and that's funny because, I mean, say prior to to transitioning, at least, I, I used to like getting bitten. It's kind of strange. You know, things kind of flip around. Weird. They really do. Huh. It is weird, yeah. I mean, I, I used to be, I used to have a high pain threshold. I used to... To the things you know when folks are into bod mod they typically have some crossover with uh, s&m is what it was called back then or bdsm i think is what it's called nowadays yeah and uh yeah and those ordeals they they i remember back in like the 90s when you withstanding an ordeal seemed meaningful in some way because you would you let yourself go and you would Kind of, it's kind of like an asana. You'd remain in place, and someone would like whip you or or do something to you, and and the brute force you are transmuting that into pleasure on purpose. And there's a point where you're you're actually intending on doing that transmutation, and then there's a point where you release it and you let the pleasure happen as it dances down your your Christmas tree lights, as it were. Anyway. And Isn't that weird? And is, and just, yeah. <laughs> and and that flip too, uh, undergoing transition yeah, to that, that satisfy yeah, it, that, or was that maturation, or what? It seemed as though after being post-op, a lot of things got punched restart. It seemed, and I was maybe a little more more passive because, come on, I I was neutered. You guys, <laughs> can, can we talk? And it 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 changes your 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 character a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and a lot of folks noticed that about me is that you know I I wasn't as uh, how should I say rough and ready or or rugged, rough and tumble. Um, I was a little more cautious, or or at least a, a little more withdrawn. 
and that was strange. You know, a lot of folks kind of kind of remarked on that. Was that strange um, for you too? Uh, I was on the inside, so I think maybe what I was reacting to is everyone else reacting. You know, they they tell you that you're going to have something that looks just like the real thing. When in reality, from all angles, it's not really it doesn't it, it, it doesn't resemble the real thing. Uh, one example is, is that, okay, so in in nature, if you look up, you're, you're naturally it's like this, and it, it opens and closes this way. Mm -hmm. um, the way they have you sort of cauterized into place so that there's a an opening is more like this huh. to be brutal and honest mm -hmm. and this is parallel with with the battle track mm -hmm. and another note i have to say because it's the truth is that this kind of interferes with your capacity to completely evacuate so you must you must handle that mm -hmm. you know there's ways of handling that in fact i would I would I would make sure that that that's already taken care of. Whether it's my morning routine or if I'm dating somebody and we went out to dinner and all this kind of stuff, we fall asleep together. I I make a point of uh, like waking up a couple of hours later to just to make sure that you know everything's okay <laughs> because you have to. Mm -hmm. That's part of the commitment. Hmm. And because I'm a perfectionist, I. I I wanted there to be no problems that way. And besides, I, I was used to doing that because prior to prior to uh, being post-op, that was the only way someone could copulate with me in the first place. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Sodomy. Yeah. Do you think that what's the relationship between sexuality and 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 transgender then? For you, was well, there's got to be some crossover, especially if you're sexually active and you're and you're pre-op. If you're talking about dating guys, because guys would want to do you, because that's that's what straight married men would do with me, and I would I would go through candidates who were who who showed some interest. And walk them through it. I say, get a burner phone. Don't share. Don't share your data plan with the rest of the family. Let's get a green dot card. We'll put it on. You know, we'll we'll both put money in it, and I'll use it to get a room at Motel Six. And you know, I was seeing a lot of uh, a lot of men who are married. They liked this arrangement because there's no chance that I'm going to get pregnant, and perhaps there was this presupposition that. There's less liability because it's more embarrassing for me to say someone else did me. I, what, I'd have no no grounds. No, I'd have no social standing. Hmm. Or at least that's how the game works. Huh. So, and I, I, I actually liked doing that. I, I connect that with that underlying cruelty, that underlying Crowley-esque cruelty, in that I'm getting back at society in some way, 
<laughs> in that I'm outdoing this guy's wife by being available. I would listen to them. They would talk about what's going on with their family and stuff. Yeah. It was just like what you hear on Dr. Laura way back when. She'd say that uh, the, the guys who, who hire a prostitute, they would, they would spend a significant time discussing stuff and being acknowledged before yeah. they would get around to you know, connecting sexually. The same thing happens between me and about, uh, I guess it was like four or five other fellers. This is, you know, it's, it, it's nothing to be proud of, but this is what I did. Yeah. And that, yeah, that, I, it was part of my transition. Okay. I mean, I was, I was learning how to interact better and getting, you know, flight miles or flight hours with uh, <laughs> with other guys and and finding the range and, and what works and what doesn't. And uh, I would continue to connect with, with folks who, to my satisfaction, saw me as the, the opposite sex other and appreciated me that way. So that, that kind of slimmed it down to about three regulars that I, that I kept seeing for, I think, over five years. Hmm. And then when I transitioned, there was only one of them that, that, that wanted to continue seeing me. Hmm. It, it, it's as if the symbol of having what I used to call the, the hood ornament was a symbol of you, you can't get pregnant. When you take that hood ornament away, there's there's something that, that, that they can't jive with either because they they can't get over the idea that I had had the operation. If that meant something to them, I, it would be impossible for me to fathom. My guess is is that I've mutilated myself, perhaps, because hmm. not everyone has what do you call a politically correct perspective on that. Instead, they honestly just they can't get naked with someone who's mutilated in Koi. Mm -hmm. Whereas the one feller who his situation was kind of kind of bad because his wife was really into like the worst of Oprah and therefore it was a sexless marriage. Hmm. And if you ask me, uh, I was like I actually kept him from seeing less presentable or, or folks that could expose him to diseases and shit hmm. and yeah i wasn't gonna have that <laughs> you know? so, hmm. it, if i'm talking back to uh, if i'm responding back to him in terms of like suggestions and things i would tell him you know if, if you're seeing anyone else get you know go down to the women's center get get tested get a test for them you know be current this kind of thing because you could do that they'll at least where we were living in northern Orange County, they had uh, they had that available. Hmm. When I was post-op, I could no longer be available for those tests there. I had to go to the the, um, the L LBGT center in Santa Ana because different yeah, because I was post-op, I was no longer fertile, and therefore there, there was no like state subsidizing of the oh. the, the thorough. STD tests that that I I would go there like twice a twice a year to to be tested. So I had current papers, 
<laughs> I always wanted to know. Yeah, you don't know what you're getting into until you're actually there. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you you have the operation, you find out that you're numb in many places because I had my face, my chest, and blow the belt all down at the same time. <laughs> and you finally, finally, like, start to walk normally. <laughs> and there's a, a whole different existence. It is... Um, it is incredible. Getting on the other side of the transition, did you find that you were in a place that you wanted to be? Yeah, and then I discovered that uh, there are things you, you, I found. I I went beyond where I should be. I discovered that I I played so close to the freeway that I was in you know the number four lane. Huh. Because uh, I started getting involved. One of the people that I was I was um, helping cheat on his wife with for for all of his infidelity. He says, "You've got your papers and everything. Bring them. Bring them to this one location. And when you come in." Um, I'll introduce you to, to some friends. So that there was all these people who, you know, they, they actually had their papers. And so it was called a butterfly gathering. And there were people there that were in the trans community. And there were people there that were straight men. And there were people there from the adult industry, you know, women, natural born killers, as I call them. Hmm. And they were, they were gathering at... Uh, what was uh, I think it was a, a Radisson Inn uh, two rented rooms that the, the middle door was opened for and so we had basically two two bedrooms to frolic through and there was a lot of stuff going on and you know you, I jump in but the, the morning afterwards I begin to worry that you know if this keeps going on i don't i don't i really don't trust that i'm in a good place in a good headspace and so i'm you know i'm in my morning routine and i'm i'm washing up and stuff and i find someone's condom fall out of me and uh that kind of confirmed a concern of mine that you know, there's too much wild shit going on, and I went I went to sleep with someone else's condom in me, and this is how people get sick and die. You know, I kind of I I pinned that, and then I go out with some trans friends to a place called uh, what was it called Hamburger Mary's in Long Beach, and a guy picks me up and drives me all the way home. So I pissed off a friend of mine because I I left her there because she she wasn't as good looking as me, and this dude was was huge. He was huge. <laughs> and, you know, essentially, I burned two bridges with one guy because I pissed off the gal I was living with and I pissed off the person who took me to, to Hamburger Mary's. Um, it, it wasn't... I, I think when I look back on it, I, I can see how someone in my, my situation could go, 
well, I like this. It's very flattering. Uh, and, and I want more. But it was at that point I says to myself that I probably should redirect and, and maybe find someone to be serious about instead because this this is probably, a, a, you know, this looked like a very serious indication that I would get into situations that I found much too tempting. Hmm. You know? Tempting for what? What's being expressed or what's being received by being in those situations? What were you getting? It was too, it was it, and, and deeper in the element and as sex positive as everything was, it was too easy to um, to just go home with somebody and 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 get done by him and his friend simultaneously and 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 do that thing that you you only saw in in you know exotic pornos hmm. and being compromising in what way going go by by dropping the standards, if you will, by letting folks enter you without without protection. Okay. Which which is hugely tempting, and then you know you're in a fleeting moment. There's alcohol in your blood, and you're like, "Fuck it, let's do this." Even if I die, you know that kind of shit. Hmm. It's stupid, but that's where you're at. And in your mind, there's some magical thinking too. It's like, well, I would know. Why? Because OTO or some shit. You know, I mean, that's all in the mix somehow. Okay. Huh. And that was um, that was a warning sign. Is this a was? Were you just living out a California dream, or was all the sex and etc. Was it there just to eat it, or was it there to cover up something else? Gee, I, I I don't think I was covering anything. I just think that um, I was not only in a situation that was untethered uh, morally, but I I also had a a belief system that even if the bar was, if you want to call it, raised to a certain degree or lowered to a certain degree, I would recognize that and just take it a little further. Huh. I would recognize that and discover something about yourself, like you were saying with uh, the yeah. There's there's that there's there is this this idea that you're going to miss out if if you don't you if you don't concede to someone taking it off, or if the idea occurs to you and it's much too tempting, you you've already thought to yourself that well you could determine whether or not that's this discovery. Is, is is about what you're capable of. I doubt it's about covering something else up. I, I doubt it because I, I, I'm sure everyone's had problems in their past. And if they need to bring that up to explain what's happening in the present, that seems to work in today's parlance. Hmm. I don't think that factors in. So I think instead after, you're after the yeah I, well, wouldn't anyone else does experience can you imagine everyone in a situation like that has to be damaged goods that's that's assuming an awful lot huh okay instead you could be a, you could be a bro who says wow if I 
if I'm all right with people who used to be guys and you, and I get to stick it in, it's cool. Well, then I, I'm pretty certain folks are are available for that because golly knows, you know, you don't have to deal with the the hood ornament. You've got a front hole, isn't that right? And so huh. that's what's up. <laughs> I, you don't have to add a, a confusing extra layer of okay. um, psychological projections onto it. Are you when you decided to back off from going full full throttle? Mm-hmm. How did you start to reassemble morality after having? basically violated it or, or not violated it in a moral sense but taken it all apart and lived without that and how do you yeah, step you, back into a framework after having lived without or outside the framework you, you've got to stop <laughs> you've got to you've got to tell people that are like you know they're calling you up and they're like hey my my, my wife's gonna be gone for you and yeah i thought to, you, you just you go you know what? I I can't do this. I'm sorry. And you just tell him. And that's that's what I elected to do. It was a conscious decision to stop. And uh, that was um, it was pretty much like around the summer of 2010. We're talking. We're talking like seven months after i had the operation okay huh. yeah I, I hopped in before before i could completely feel anything it was oh. yeah really acting out and so you know maybe maybe everyone does kind of parent themselves after the parents are out of the way and here it was it was it was that capacity to self-parent that that phased in okay I would I would say it's as simple as that. Instead of saying, "Oh, there was this, there was this pain and shit," and no, yeah. okay, no, it's, uh, you're misbehaving yeah. and taking a little too far, too too far there. Huh. But um, folks in my situation, you know, it's like a thumb over the hose. So if this was ten years earlier, I wasn't having so much luck. There wasn't that many people interested in me. So there was there was something exotic about it. Mm. And I was the exotic one, and that yeah. was so fucking flattering that I just wanted to, you know, wanted to get jiggy with it. Hmm. Were you so, always very sexually active, or was that like later, like in your teenage years? And what was your sexuality? Did it go through different phases? And was like homosexuality like tied into transitioning or, or being attracted to men? Maybe I've, I've I've always not had a problem with with being sexually active with men or women. And I suspect that everyone is capable of, of being bisexual, if you will. I just, I think that you have the affinity of pleasing another feller because you have the same equipment as him. Mm-hmm. And I know this anecdotally. I, I would find it very difficult to be moved from that, from that understanding. Now everyone tells me, well, that's gay, and I, it's impossible for me to be gay. And I'm thinking to myself, sounds like someone's compensating here, and they really don't want to. And that's okay. Just just don't bug them. Hmm. I think that everyone's capable of going gay. And I think prior to uh, Abrahamic religion and, and, and modern times and shit, there was perhaps space for such expression 
And in, when you look at the Hivero, when you look at ancient Greek, when you when you look at societies prior to our obsession with straight versus gay or whatever the fuck, you would find that it it would happen. Hmm. Does that mean it would only be gays or only be straights or no? It would be Alexander the Great, who had like a couple of wives. There was this one dude, he looked hot when when he danced, and he loved this guy, and of course he died. <laughs> Don't know why. And there you go. It, yeah. it just didn't matter. Was the sexual component of OTO something that drew you to it, or kept you in it? Because it's uh, very sexy. Yes, yeah. yes, and yes, right, yeah. In fact, there, there was like an odyssey. It was, there, there was something that was self-flattering when we would do an event, and then you'd call the end of the event and, and you're still at someone's house. And then in come the folks that are interested in trying to avail themselves to our, our sexual vulgarity. And they find out that they're in a room full of male bodies as well as female. And so you'd find these newbies. They're standing over all kinds of bodies going in and out. And they come into it with the apprehension, uh, I don't want to touch another bro, bro. You know, <laughs> it's kind of funny because hmm. they never imagined that in the first place, the, the culture shock. Huh. But if if you're in the throes of many bodies swimming in and out of each other, you're going to you're going to touch other bros, bro. I'm sorry. Not sorry. <laughs> so it seems as though those who could survive at least could tolerate touching another furry leg, as it were, especially if you're like being blown by two hot chicks or fuck whatever and those were the days right huh. at least prior to 2004 oh what happened where they, they you know they phased in these new and interesting gotta have a good public face sort of laws okay all right yeah and so they, uh, they phased out that sexual component or did that component go underground or i'm i yeah it it it, it went underground and then because, you know, it's kind of a doorway to some Harvey Weinstein-isms yes. that uh, I'm sure it, 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 it fucking died under the weight of millennial apprehension. Mm-hmm. Yes, real, real millennials. So we're talking mm-hmm. around 2012, the death knell. Hmm. You know, some might make big claims of fucking, you know, but they're lying. They're, they're exaggerating. Hmm. Yeah. Seas of bodies is dead, and I, I would imagine the reason why is because because the uh, the information age, it just doesn't make any sense. What do you mean? You are predisposing yourself to uh, to diseases, and there's no there's there's no way of knowing. Yeah. I mean, if you you're grabbing this and sucking that, I mean, holy shit, you, you're going to come down with strep strep throat and and herpes and and boy you're going to be impressive there because now you're an incel <laughs> or you're a dirty son of a bitch which one because it gets binary right about there you're either an incel or a dirty son of a bitch which one <laughs> 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 are you are you spreading the shit or are you uh abstaining are you are you just making sure that you don't hurt anyone else huh. I, that's what you risk if if you hop into a sea of bodies. Where are you at now, then? I just... I, I'm reading a lot of Stephen Hassan and wondering if uh, I should help folks 
come out of cults. I think that that would be the best use of hmm. my agony. Yeah. And the other thing is, uh, the other thing is, is um, I'm still estimating what, what I do with, with, with the trans thing. What do I do with it? Do I do I leverage it you know, as, as identity politics for political reasons? Do I do I go out there and I go, hey, you know, I'm not left wing and 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 I'm I'm post op. Eat my ass. You can't contradict me. When when actually that's that's actually cis normative to, to come across that way, isn't it? <laughs> I don't. Isn't know. that incredible? I, I I it is. You will you will get popped for being cis normative in some some. Odd construal. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> because, would, do you? What's the what's the goal of even entering into that game? I know. I mean, if you thought you had powerful anecdotals, you'd you'd want to you'd want to play in traffic that way. Huh. But I finding I, I I'm finding it hard to do that because because I'm such a perfectionist. I don't think I'm 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 ready for prime time, and also, you know, I'm a neutered human. I can I can I can think I'm so brave, but as soon as I like step out and we're in the middle of the crowd and they're and they want to hurl shit at you like they do my friends locally. I I know some folks who are like outright conservatives. They're trans, and they get a lot of heat. Boy, do they! They'll show up and they're like. This one damsel, she'll she'll wear a Trump hat and shit right in the middle of um, right in the middle of San Francisco, and of course people will just cluster around her. And what they do is they have a brainstorming, they have a Maoist brainstorming session where they surround her and they go, "This is probably all about you." And then because someone else heard it in the crowd while they were saying it, and they go, "Yeah, that's totally it." And so then the next thing, oh well, then it's confirmed, total Nazi. And so then they go full Godwin's law, and it just. It's so Maoist. <laughs> it's so That's landmark personality training. It's it's amazing how intuitive the Maoism is in that you infer the worst, impart that, and then ouster the the, the outlier. Mm -hmm. And then everyone must hate you. Otherwise, you're you're wandering off the the provided conformity command that the, the that the collective demands on the individual is that and, sustainable yeah um does it matter i think what maybe i'm finding of, of most importance is this sounds like a very unsafe situation it sounds like race cars without brakes it sounds like moral purity with with huge blind spots yeah. and it sounds like the great path to punching Nazis, even though this person has been targeted by Nazis. So yeah. it's kind of like, it's kind of like, I, in, in all irony, it, it would be like a, a transgendered Ben Shapiro in the market district getting punched because <laughs> wearing a, a red yarmulke, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, which is easy to do because Scully knows pro-Palestine pro shite and other nasty shit. How yeah, do, you, so there you go. do you do you have any ideas on how to slow that down or stop that or avert that from taking on critical mass? And that's what would attract me into stepping into the, the fray, is because I think out of an absence of any practical constraint, 
this shit is is free flowing uh, in a downward spiral. Huh. What's it the really practical is. It's, it's constraint a, then? The practical constraint would be people with some common sense uh, speaking up against it. Yeah. But but the consequences are you lose your job in the right. The, the consequences is that other people would cluster around you, do the Maoist uh, brainstorm, and impose some sort of worst case driven narrative and then label you with it and then shit can your ass like they did you know patreon and sargon if you will yeah where there's like seven degrees of kevin bacon enough and therefore you you get kicked off because we've already decided so ahead of time and then, then we just kind of retro explain and shit <laughs> we solved for 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 zero sum and you're there bang let's get mm-hmm. rid of your shit for those who are at least not wanting to be caught up in in that maoist brainstorming cluster they they just want to avoid those extreme circumstances because life is hugely expensive and what's at stake is your connection to the interwebs. You, 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 you get broken off from everything once you lose access to your expensive stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's your day gig. That's all that. Yeah. Or you, or you must relocate, which is hugely expensive. These are, these are very prohibitive. Yeah. So it, it keeps you very silent around Diane Feinstein types. You, you just don't want to risk it. Hmm. Welcome to San Francisco. So that's what happened. And I, yeah. You feel stable now? Like you live a more, uh, uh, not stable. Do you you live a a less active, (laughs) more conservative life now? (laughs) Um, Yeah, I I must say I do. And the reason why is because I think I, I duck a, I, I've seriously ducked a bullet, okay? Because I, I have been tested since then and all this. And guess what? I'm not sick. I don't have anything, okay? But um, I there there was huge chances at one point, and that's just that's just wrong. I think right now, I just I would rather have maybe an LTR. But if I did, it would it would have to be somebody who's 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 willing to put up with me. <laughs> and, and you know, I'm such a perfectionist. I don't. I I doubt anyone would. See, so there's huh. that. But okay, so now I, I put myself in checkmate here. But um, it's it it's hard. And plus, I really I. I don't think LTRs actually work out with with transgender, especially. If, I would I would say, female to males in a relationship with another man in a gay relationship have more potential for LTR than male to female, and then a natural born killer guy. And the reason why is, the guy is is I. Can can I just put it in the most brutal terms? The guy is fucking plastic surgery. So he's really, you know, I would imagine it's it's a crapshoot. If he could put up with fucking plastic surgery, then then that won't 
gnaw at him. Mm-hmm. But if there's other available gals who have, you know, the equipment that they were born with, he may crave that. Hmm. And that factored into the death of, of, I guess, the last couple of relationships I've had. And that may, that, that realization may factor into why it is the uh, suicide rate is so high amongst post, post-operative folks, is that you find out that you have greatly pigeonholed yourself and that there is a shelf life with those whom you connect with. And so you, you've got to sort of like, you have diminished expectations that you really need to be completely square with. Hmm. This you, might be actually the case. You wouldn't I mean, want to be with a woman then? Long term? I don't crave that. Yeah, I don't crave that. Plus, there's another aspect. Let's say my son has a child, and then, you know, that boy or girl turns six or seven years of age, and I'm entering my 60s. Do I want to play the role of grandma? This takes, this takes some bandwidth, because this is you, you're your own hard act to follow. You have to, you, know, you must embody the character of playing the role of the female. It is, it is positive action. Hmm. You, you, you can Google this, you find the female voice. It's actually, it's stagecraft. Mm-hmm. I want to be brutally honest. There's people who have, they, they give no fucks whatsoever. And they talk like, you know, Arnold Horshack from, from fucking Welcome Back Carter. And then they get offended when they're at the drive-thru because someone said, well, do you want fries with that, sir? Well, you, you were using a masculine voice. Do you want to be acknowledged as a woman? Give me a fucking woman voice. Even Riley Dennis is doing that in the in current year. Mm-hmm. Give me a fucking feminine voice. Well, I would have to have the grandma voice. Do I want to do that? Maybe I would transition. I'm not, maybe I would detransition. I'm not sure. <laughs> it's, it's, I would estimate that when it, when it comes. I know at this juncture, I bought the farm, and I, and I'm I'm still still following through. And the reason why is because, you know, it still is what I want. But uh, to to be real and and real AF is is to say, you know, it it I would seriously comp- uh, contemplate. What what kind of role I would want to have in in my in my granddaughter or grandson's life, because that's that's another serious assessment that I don't think. I, well, I, I guess I I didn't factor in when I when I transitioned when I transitioned uh, the things that I ran through my head were very myopic, perhaps perhaps not so mature. And, uh, and you were you weren't in your teens. I was not in my teens. No. How old was I? I think I was what twenty nine. Is that right? I'm just having twenty eight years of age. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> 
driving down to Mexico, picking up Primrin Pat, <laughs> one, two, fives, for myself and a friend. <laughs> I'd go to Tijuana, Revolution Boulevard. Yeah. Huh. What about end of life or late life? Yeah, like, I know. See, that's that's that kind of frightens me a little. Do you simulate in, menopause in a way, or wouldn't you have to facilitate that? And if so, is is there any plan for that? How do you how do you like how do you lessen your dosage so that it 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 more resembles an old woman? Is a really good question, and I'm not sure anyone's been talking about that. <laughs> There's a lot of um, falsehoods, it seems to me. Like, okay, you got to be post-op, blah 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 blah, and it's it's just like the real thing when it's not. Or a lot of times I'm hearing people like when I was when I'd go to the meetings, they'd say I've been on the hormones for oh like two or th- two or three months and my skin is softer now, and and some of the hair is going away. I'm like, you lying sack of shit. I, I even today I was like you know trying to study up for this so I can talk with you, and I saw something online where someone was claiming that they were having cramps, and and therefore it's like a period when they're when when they 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 go off for a week or whatever, hmm. and it's like why the fuck you lie and you know it's, yeah, well, but why why is that well people why, why the next people let you say whatever you want to yeah they they yeah, back yeah. away yeah. and they know better than to because because the political priests will hit you with the yardstick firstly yeah. and and i guess the other part is is that maybe maybe the uh the the affective uh, affectatious child i should say the affectatious child knows that you will follow their tall tale. They'll take that tall tale to to the next level. Huh. And they will spin falsifications without any practical constraints. There's that there's that phrase again. Yeah. You, do, no one's gonna say, oh hang on a second. You know, you you you're not doing that right or there's no evidence of that. No one no one no one tells them, wait a minute. No one says, hey, could you back that up? Yeah for these false claims how do you call bullshit if calling bullshit gets you in so much trouble exactly (laughs) and you could you could be post-op and let me repeat you could be post-op and still have that sort of politicized anxiety because life's so expensive yeah you know yeah and yeah the hormone regimen i'm on is seriously expensive Mm-hmm. It's like nine hundred bucks a visit every four months. Okay. To to put in like it's like a Norplant. Hmm. Yeah. I don't take pills every day. <laughs> Fuck pills. 